question we need to ask ourselves is, when we say a financial statement is reliable, what do we mean? When we say something is reliable, what does it mean? I know you will say it's trustworthy. Uh, other things, what else can it say? Uh, it's well done. It's presented properly. So when we say a financial information or a financial statement must be reliable, what do we mean? Among other things, five things. One, when we say financial statements are reliable, it means represent faithfully the financial position, the financial performance, and cash flows of the entity. So a financial statement that is reliable represents faithfully the financial performance, the financial position, and the cash flows of the entity. Two, a reliable financial statement reflects the economic substance of transactions other than events and conditions that are not that are not merely the legal form. This is why we talk about substance over form. Now, in the recording of transaction or incorporating of transaction or recognition of transactions, we use the substance over form accounting concept. Now, what is substance over form? Substance over form simply means that you, you recognize the transaction based on its substance and not the legal form of the transaction. For instance, if you lease an asset, is the asset yours? No. If you lease an asset, you just have a permission, you've just been granted, you've just been transferred the control of the asset, or the lessor has just transferred the control of the asset to you. So technically, the asset is not yours. By law, anything that is not yours cannot be recognized in your name. But when we are doing accounting, as we'll be doing later on in, in Exodus 13 leases, you realize that once it is a finance lease, that means we are going to be controlling the asset, we are going to be maintaining the asset, then we will incorporate the asset in our book as though it is ours. That is why there are a lot of companies that you will see that they have a lot of asset base, but in reality, most of those assets are leased assets. So if you go back to go and look at the legal documents, you realize that they don't own the asset, but they lease the asset. But that is the accounting for you. We recognize transactions based on their substance and not just their legal form. Three, a financial statement that is reliable, or financial statements that are reliable are neutral, that is, free from bias. Neutral. Remember, you're going to be using judgment in some, a lot of the things, a lot. A lot of the things that you're going to be presenting and preparing in actual uh, practice is going to be based on judgment. But you have to make sure that the judgment is not based on what? Bias. Four, reliable financial statements are prudent. Prudent, very, very important. So we, they took care in preparing them and presenting them. And last one is reliable financial statements are complete in all material respect. They are complete in all material respect. Meaning that it includes everything that has to be included. It entails everything that has to be entailed. All transactions that are required have been covered and all items that are supposed to be recorded or accounted for, accounted for have been accounted for in relation to that. But remember, like I mentioned earlier, when an entity adopts an accounting policy, the standard says that the entity must be consistent. One of the characteristics of financial statements is the consistency of accounting policies. Because the only way we can compare financial statements, the only way comparability of financial statement 
can be achieved is through the consistency of accounting policies. For that reason, the standard requires that an entity, when it adopts and starts application of an accounting policy, must continue to apply that accounting policy unless otherwise there are uh, vital reasons that the change is by a new IPSAS or the change will enhance uh, relevant and reliable presentation of financial statements. So for that reason, the standard requires that changes in accounting policies can be done only under two conditions. One of them. One, it's required by an IPSAS. So maybe, like, uh, for instance, if you're in financial reporting, we're using IAS 17, that is leases. Now it's being replaced with IFRS 16. So because it's a new accounting standard, you change the way you apply accounting standards in relation to that. Or two, res results in the financial statements providing reliable and more relevant information about the effects of the transactions, other events, and conditions of the entity's financial performance, financial position, or cash flow. So if it will enhance the uh, reliability and the relevance of the financial statement, why not? Go ahead. We are behind you. You can do it. Now, a change from one basis of accounting to another basis of accounting is a change in accounting policy. That is very, very important. A change from one basis for, of accounting to another basis of accounting is a change in accounting policy. And how do we do that? A change in accounting treatment, recognition or measurement of a transaction event or condition within a basis of accounting is regarded also as a change in accounting policy. So what are some of the things that are not a change in accounting policy? One, the application of an accounting policy for transactions other than events that differ in substance from those previously occurring. And then two, the application of a new accounting policy for transactions, events, or conditions that did not occur previously or that were in material. So as I said, if you are applying a new accounting standard, that one is going to change in accounting policy because when there is a change in accounting policy the application is you have to do what a retrospective application so retrospective application when a change in accounting policy is implied sorry is applied retrospectively the entity shall adjust the opening balances of each affected component of net assets or equity for the earliest period presented and the other comparative information disclosed for each period presented as if the new accounting policy had always been applied. And I've already mentioned uh, this to you. But there are some limitations of uh, retrospective uh, application of changes in accounting uh, policies. What are some of these limitations? One, when retrospective application is required, a change in accounting policy shall be applied retrospectively except to the extent that it is impracticable to determine either the period-specific effects or the cumulative effects of the change. So that is one of the limitations of the retrospective application. You are applying an accounting standard, uh, an accounting policy, to last year, even though you are adopting it once, this year. 
Okay, even though you are adopting it this year. Two, when it is impractical to determine the period specific effect of the changing in accounting policy on comparative information for one or more prior period presented, the entity shall apply the new accounting standard to the current amount of assets and liabilities as at the beginning of the earliest period for which the respective application is applicable. You see, sometimes what happens is that this thing about retrospective application, you, you really don't know which period to go for. Because you cannot just, let's say you've been in business for the past five years. So you prepare a financial statement for year one, financial statement year two, year three, year four, and year five. Now you prepare financial statement for these four years, and in the fifth year, you are changing an accounting policy. Okay? You are changing the way you recognize something. So if you are changing an accounting policy, the question is, do you just adjust this statement? Because if you adjust this statement, it had an opening balance from this. So that is the limitations. When do we call? But we always go for the earliest. So usually it will be the third year. But as I said, if you do only the third year, the if you do only the fourth year, the third year also was adjusted in relation to that. So when there is a change in accounting policy, what are some of the disclosures that we must make in our financial statements in order to enhance what we are doing? Remember, disclosures are very, very important in the preparation and presentation of financial statements. So disclosure. When initial application of an exercise has an effect on the current period or any prior period, would have such effect except that would have such effect except that it is impractical to determine the amount of adjustment or might have an effect on future period, the entity shall disclose A, the title of the standard. So what is the new standard or whatever you are agreeing, bringing in. When applicable, that is the change in the policy is made in accordance with traditional transition, the nature of the change of the policy, when applicable, a description of the transitional provision, when applicable, the transitional provision that might have an effect on the future period, for the current period and each uh, prior period presented to the extent applicable, the amount of the adjustment relating to the periods before those presented to the extended period. These are a couple of things that we need to disclose about changes in accounting uh, policies. So let's come to the second aspect, changes in accounting estimates. Now, you see, as I said, companies make or prepare a financial statement based on a lot of judgments. And so the change in uh, the uncertainties, the events, are what refers to as a change in estimates. So let's look at what the standard says. As a result of the uncertainties inherent in delivering services, conducting tra training or other activities, many items in financial statements cannot be measured with precision, but can only be estimated. Estimation involves judgment based on latest available reliable information. For example, estimates may be required of the tax revenue due to government, bad debts arising from uncollected taxes, uh, inventory obsolences, the fair value of financial assets or financial liabilities. 
the useful life of or expected pattern of consumption or future economic benefits or service potential embodied in a depreciable asset or the percentage of completion of road construction and warranty obligation. All these are some issues about changes in accounting estimates. They are all based on estimation. They are all based on the information we have now. So if something happened in the future and we are changing that estimate, that is not that we, we don't do retrospective application of that, but we do what a prospective application of that. So for instance, we have provision for depreciation, and we are using 20%, and now we change it to use 25%, that is not an issue, you just go ahead and apply it prospectively. Or provision for bad debt, previously it was 5%, uh, now we realize that people, because of the banking crisis, people will not be able to pay their money, their investments are locked in various investment houses, which I don't want to mention them here, you know them already here in Ghana. Uh, uh, because of that, we have to write, we have to increase the burden from 5% to say 15% or even 20%. That is a change in accounting estimates. And you don't go back to adjust the previous year financial statement. You only apply it prospectively, meaning current year financial statement and in future financial statements. So the effect of a change in accounting estimates, other than a change in to the extent that a change in accounting estimate gives rise to changes in assets and liability or relates to an item of the net asset or equity, it shall be recognized by applying, adjusting, sorry, the adjusting the current amount of the related asset, liability, or net asset or equity item in the period of change. Listen carefully, in the period of change shall be recognized prospectively by including it in surplus or deficit in the period of change, and the period of change and future period. So change in accounting estimates, what do we do? We apply it in the period of change and also with future periods. So what are some disclosure requirements that we need to uh, undertake, we need to disclose when we, there is a change in accounting estimates? Two things that I have here. An entity shall disclose the nature and amount of a change in accounting estimates that has an effect in the, in the current period or in, is expected to have an effect on the future period, expected for the disclosure of the effect on future periods when it is impractical to estimate that effect. Two, if the amount of the effect in future period is not disclosed because estimating it is impracticable, the entity shall disclose that effect in relation to that. So that is also the second slide about IPSAS 3, and that is changes in accounting estimates. So let's look at the third thing, and that is errors. Errors. So we've seen that when there is a change in accounting policy, we do a retrospective application. When there is a change in accounting estimates, we do prospective application. What about errors? Like the name suggests, errors, indirectly, we've spoken about it already. Errors can arise in respect of the recognition, measurement, presentation, or disclosure of elements of the financial statement. Financial statements do not comply with IPSAS if they contain either material errors or immaterial errors made intentionally to achieve a particular presentation 
of an entity's financial position performance or cash flows. Potential current period errors discovered in that period are corrected before the financial statements are authorized for use. So uh, when we make, a, we make an error, but later on we find it during that same year, then we correct it during that same year. But on some errors, in that same year, we cannot recognize it due to the rush hour, but we will recognize in the following accounting year, and now be corrected respectively as such. An entity shall correct material error, material prior period error, retrospectively in the first set of financial statements authorized for use after their discovery by A. Researching the comparative amount for prior period presented in which the error occurred. So if last year, if this year we realized that two years, uh, last two years financial statement we made an error, there was a presentation, recognition we did we are not supposed to make, then we have to go to last two years, adjust the financial statement, adjust last year financial statement, then use that opening balance for the current year financial statement. That's very important. If the error occurred before the earliest prior period presentation presented, resetting the opening balance of asset liabilities and net assets for the earlier period presented. So, what are the disclosures for these errors? An entity shall disclose the following: the nature of the prior period errors for each of the period presented to the extent practicable, the amount of the correction for each cash, uh, each financial statement line item affected, the amount of the correction at the beginning of the NS prior period, and if retrospective restatement is impracticable for a particular period, for a particular prior period, the circumstances that led to the existence of that condition and a description of how and from when the error has been occurred in relation to that. So these are the things that we have to understand about changes in accounting policy changes in accounting estimates and errors and errors as always if there are any questions that you have you know what to do you write them down and you uh, ask me during a one-on-one -on -one session or in class sessions remember most importantly most of the things we'll be doing here we will not be solving much questions here because later on we'll be solving questions especially on the financial statements and various presentation and once we have we start solving the questions, most of these things will be clearer for you. And remember also that if you are watching this on my study portal, remember that you'll be enrolled in another uh, course that is going to be uh, question case videos for public sector. And in that question case video, we solve a number of questions by applying the various accounting standards in the financial statements of a public sector organization. So that is what you have to understand about EPSAS 3, and I'll see you in the next video as we continue with our discussion, and that will be EPSAS 4, the effects of changes in foreign exchange rate, which is the same as IAS 24, and uh, sorry, IAS 21 in the financial reporting. So I'll see you in the next video.